Welcome, CNY Hoops Nation's Hoop fans. I am your host, Coach Will. Another episode of the CNY Hoops Nation's podcast. Hello there, Hoops fans. Coach Will here on the CMY Hoops Nations podcast. This week we have a nice episode um, with our, our. We'll start it here with the agenda. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll start with our weekend review. Then we'll go into our games of the week from two or excuse me one thirty one to two five. Then we'll touch on our player of the week this week. We'll look at our sectional seedings and brackets uh, as they currently stand. We'll look at the upcoming schedule with our games of the week from this week. The previous games of the week will be in our week review for the. We'll touch base on the scores and that. Then we'll have our coaches' corners with Coach Sean Bradrick from the Fulton Boys Varsity or G Ray Bodley High School. Then we'll have our power rankings. As always, you can catch us on any social media platform. And we thank you for listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. Feel free to reach out to us on, you know, CNY Hoops Nations on Instagram, at CNY Hoops Nation on Twitter, and follow our page on CNY Hoops Nation on Facebook. And as always, our email is cnyhoopsnation at gmail.com. Getting right underway with our week in review, we had Mikil Christian visiting Bishop Grimes Cobras. Bob McKenney's Cobras would fall in that game and score 69 to 54, not for without a valiant effort. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Cobras were led by 17 points by John Carroll. Eric Wall had 11. Then Faith Heritage at Manlius Pebble Hill. Faith Heritage comes home with the league contest win, 53-44. to The Manlius Pebble Hill was led by Michael Miguel Gonzalez's 13 points, Quinn Ewing's 13 points, and James Wildhack had 10. Faith Heritage led by Devin Burns, 20 points, and Worldwide West, Weston Ressos with 10. Institute of Technology Central at Oswego comes away in overtime with a 52. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was a regulation game. I thought it was an overtime game. Uh, 52 to, uh, 55 to 53. ITC was led by Ty Ferguson's 18 points, and Zay Priester had 12. For the Oswego Buccaneers, led by Zachary Chamberlain's 15 points, and Lucas Warner's 10. Cato Meridian comes away with a win at Port Byron of a score of 54-47. to 
Port Byron was led by Cody Kurtz at 17 points. And the Blue Devils of Cato were led by Money Man Mason Crandall's 17 points, followed by Justin Baldwin's 10. Seton Catholic playing Bishop Ludden. And Seton Catholic comes away with a 74-56 win. And for the Gaelic Knights, they're led by sophomore sensation point guard Jaden Helleman, followed by big freshman Chad Cook at 16 points. Holloman had 21. Chad Cook with 16 points. And Wool Amon with 11. Amon and Holloman both hitting three three-pointers. Telly took on Marathon and came away with a 61-39 win. The Black Knights of Tully were led by Tommy Malley, 17 points, with five three-pointers. Daniel Mech with 12 points. Ryan Mize with six points, 12 rebounds. For Tuesday, 125, Chetanango traveled to Mexico and came away with a 72-40 uh, win. For the Tigers, they were led by Matt DeFeos, 16 points, had four three-pointers. And for the Bears of Chittenango, their monster was led by Bryce Bishops, 21 points, with five three-pointers. Ryan Moshes, 18 points, and Tyrus Kelly's 10 points, six assists. South Jefferson traveled to Handwell and came away with a win in a Class B matchup, 64-31. The Warriors of Hannibal were led by Alexander Steinberg's 13 points with four three-pointers. Phoenix at Jordan Elbridge. And Phoenix would be 48-46 winners for the Jordan Elbridge Eagles. They were led by Caleb Rouse's 18 points. The Phoenix Fire Lord, excuse me, Phoenix Firebirds were led by 6'3 John Dion's 25 points with three three-pointers. Homer at Salve, the Salve Bearcats, Bears, coming away with a 58-56 win over the Homer Trojans. The Trojans, excuse me, I may have got that backwards. The Homer Trojans come away with a 58-56 win. The Trojans, a Homer coached by Rex Ryan. Shout out to Rex. They had an opportunity to coach Rex in his high school years. Uh, doing things down in Homer, turning the program around, trying to uh, establish a base down there. He's doing a great job. Keep up the good work, Rex. The Trojans were led by John Barnes' 19 points, Wyatt Wilbur's 11 points, and Evan Butts, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Excuse me, Salve was led by Gerald Beans, 18 points, on with five three-pointers, and Tom Venturini, it's 14 points. Modern Day at Onondaga. And Modern Day comes away with their second win of the season, 66-37. to Central Square ver at Oswego. And Central Square walks away with this one, 56-35. The Redmen were led by Trevor Boyce's 25 points. He eight three-pointers. And Will Alley with 10. Bishop Grimes at Skinny Atlas was one of our games of the week, so we will not touch on that right now. We will touch on that in a little bit. 
let's see what else we had. We had a Marcellus at Altbar Parish Williamstown. Marcellus big winners there, 67-49 for Omar Parish Williamstown. They were led by Tyler Smith, 18 points with four three-pointers, and Blake Pugh's 15 points. And for Marcellus, they were led by Pat, Patrick Lowers, 13 points, Will Burnett's 13 points with four three-pointers, and Will Kershaw with 10. West Hill, Casanova. West Hill, the visitors come away with a statement win, 84-43. The Warriors of West Hill were led by Luke Gilmartin's 28 points with five three-pointers, followed by Sean Mays' 12 points and Cam Langdon's 10. The Casanova Lakers were led by Matthew Campos' 10 points. Wednesday, 126, Faith Heritage beats Modern Day Academy 49-47. For Modern Day, they were led by Nick Edwards, 16 points, and Joel Marinelli, or Mar Mariani, excuse me, 12 points. When the, the Faith Heritage Saints were led by Matthew Sings, 14 points with four three-pointers, and followed by Worldwide West Weston Retzos's 12 points with four three-pointers for the 2026 player. Mexico travels to Hannibal, and Hannibal, um, excuse me, Hannibal loses 39-33. I keep reading the score backwards. I do apologize. For the visiting Tigers, they were led by 15 points by Jackson Lapar and 10 points by Tajian, Tajian Angersil. The Warriors were led by Gavin Griffin's 13 points and 10 points from Brady Coop. Tully traveled to Lafayette, coming away with a W in the league contest, 66-43. to The visitors were led by Lane Edinger's 23 points, 13 steals. Ryan Mize, 14 points, 17 rebounds, and Daniel Mex, 14 points. For the home Lafayette Lancers, they were led by Christian DeJoseph, 17 points. Fulton traveled to Dryden, and, excuse me, Dryden traveled to Fulton on senior night and came away with a win for the Red Raiders, 57-40 to on senior night. Leading the way for the Fulton Red Raiders was Tanner Emmons, 13 points with four three-pointers, followed by sophomore sensation and leading scorer for the Red Raiders, Gavin Doty's 11 points. PS PSLA at Fowler hosted Homer, and Fowler wins 61-33. For the Homer Trojans, they were led by Wyatt Wilbur's 14 points. Onondaga travels to Fabius Pompey and comes away with a win, 59-45. For the visiting Tigers, they were led by Nick Toomey's 19 points, Gabrin Polk, 16 points, Sam McIntosh, 12 points. For the Fabius Pompey Falcons, they were led by Alexander Stanley's 15 points with three three-pointers, Ryan Hustle did 11 points, and sophomore Grayson Wallace with 11 points. Cato travels to Pulaski. Excuse me, Pulaski travels to Cato, and Cato gets the win. No, yeah, well, uh, excuse me. Wow, I am all sorts of messed up. I apologize. 
It's been one of them weeks my son has come down with a stomach bug that everybody had. I spent the week taking care of him. Uh, Pulaski, so Cato traveled to Pulaski and came away fi- winners 53-43 for the Blue Devils of Pulaski. They were led by Trevor Coles, 16 points, and Dalton Evans, 10 points. And for the Cato Meridian Blue Devils, they were led by Tristan T. Money Lee's 15 points and Justin Jut Baldwin's 15 points. Wheatsport went up uh, west on 31 to take on Port Byron, and they came away with a seven-point win, 48-41. For the visiting Wheatsport Warriors, they were led by Ryan Adams, 13 points, and Troy Brown's 13 points. For the Port Byron Panthers, they were led by Cody Kurtz's 16 points with three three-pointers, and Tyler Merkley's 12. DeRider traveled to Malleus Pebble Hill and came away big winners, 76-28. Excuse me, 76-24. Bishop Ludden traveled to Corcoran and came away with a win, 85-77. The Gaelic Knights were led by big sensational freshman Chad Cook's 29 points, followed by super sophomore Jaden Hellemans, 26 points, 14 from the free throw line, and Tysir Briggs with 12. Thursday, 127, Marcellus took on Jordan Elbridge and won that game pretty handily, 69-35. For the Mustangs, they were led by Pat Lowers, 11 points, Adam Sullivan with 10 points, and Will Kershaw with 10 points. For the Eagles of Jordan Elbridge, they're led by Caleb Rouse's 21 points with four three-pointers, and 2026 eighth grader Nolan Brunel's 12 points with three three-pointers. One of our games of the week, West Hill at Phoenix. We'll touch base on that in a little bit. Fabius Pompey traveled to Astilic Valley and came away big winners, 54-30. to The Falcons were led by... Excuse me, the Falcons, that was the wrong stat sheet. The Falcons did win, though, 54-30. to Not on my A game today. Make sure you guys let me know about that when I'm not on my A game to get it together. Friday, 128, Cato Meridian traveled to Faith Heritage, came away big winners, 54-39. to The Blue Devils were led by Money Mason Crandall's 17 points with three three-pointers, and Jacob Carroll with Jake the Snake Carroll with 14 points. Faith Heritage was led by 16 points from Devin Burns. Christian Brothers Academy took on Institute of Technology Central, winning big 65-38. For the brothers, they were led by Braden Burns at 16 points. Steve DeRegis, 13 points, three three-pointers. Will Harrigan, Will Harrigan with 12 points, and Joel Nicholson with 10. <clears throat> Skinny Alice traveled to Hannibal and came away big-time winners, reverse score, 62-26. to The Skinny Alice Lakers were led by 6'6", Jude Pasquale's 15 points, and Colin Gaglione with 10 the Warriors and Hannibal were led by Cole Hess's 10 points. Casanova traveled to Altmar Parish, Williamstown. Casanova, big winner, 65-50. Uh, for the 
Omar Parrish, Williamstown Rebels, Blake Pugh, led all scorers with 25 points. Fulton avenged a loss to East Syracuse Manila earlier in the season, pulled away 52-47. Leading the way for the Red Raiders was Trevor Hendrickson's 15 points, four three-pointers. Sophomore Gavin Doty's 13 points, and Sam Cotton with 10. Oswego hosted PSLA Fowler. Excuse me, correction. PSLA Oswego went to PSLA Fowler and came away with a win 63-56. to For the Buccaneers, they were led by sharp shooter and senior guard Nathan DeVinney's 25 points with seven three-pointers, followed by Zachary Chamberlain with 14 points and three three-pointers. And for the Falcons of Fowler, they are led by Spencer Wellington's 22 points. Fabius Pompey traveled to Lafayette, came away winners 59-46. If I can keep my technology working here to scroll for me, that would be great. And there we go. And for the Lancers, they were led by Christian DeJoseph's 20 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals. Stats for Fabius. I apologize. Port Byron takes on Modern Day Academy, and Port Byron coming away with another win, forty to thirty-three. Modern Day Academy led by Joe Mariani's twenty-two points. The Port Byron Panthers led by Zach Ralphie's fourteen points and Cody Kurtz ten. Bishop Ludden traveled down to Homer. And the Gaelic Knights take the 67-49 win. Leading the Trojans was John Barnes' 12 points and Evan Butts' 10 points. Leading the way for the Gaelic Knights as it's been all season is sensational sophomore point guard Jaden Hellemans, 19 points, followed by Big Chad Cook, the freshman, with 14. And Tim Dunham was 17 with three three-pointers. Saturday, one twenty-nine. We had Onondaga visiting Solvay. Solvay doubling them up on that game, eighty to forty. Bear with me; I'll get you some stats here. The uh, computer only wants to work when it wants to do its own thing. Here, usually I print them all off after I retype all the scores and highlights. Uh, excuse me. The, the leading scores and all that, but today I decided to try to do it the easy way and not print them off. And of course, everything wants to run a little slower than usual. But the Salve Bears opened up the game in the third quarter with a 38 to one or 38 to 31 to eight third quarter, really blowing the doors open. Onondaga was led by Gabrin Polk's 15 points and Samuel McIntosh's 10 points for the. Solve Bears, they were led by Tom Venturini's 15 points. Gerald Bean had 18 points with four three-pointers. Nick Nooch Camiso with 14. And Jeffrey Sharp with 10.
and we'll take a look at our games of the week from 125, which would have been Tuesday. We had the number three skinny Atlas Lakers in our power rankings, taking on the number nine Bishop Grimes in our power rankings at Bishop Grimes. Bishop Grimes comes away winners 58-47. For Skinny Atlas, they were led by 16 points by Colin Gaglione and 15 points by Jude Pasquale. And for the Bishop Grimes Cobras, they were led by Dan Grains, 20 points, John Carroll with 13, and Sylvester Seaton with 13. Our second game of the week was played on Thursday, 127, and it featured number four Phoenix Firebirds traveling to number five West Hill. The West Hill Warriors used a huge first hat quarter to start the game off with a 14-point lead, 20-6 to six after one. Firebirds fall in this one, 68-22. Firebirds were led by Nick Soceros, nine points. For West Hill Warriors, they were led by Sean Mazes, 16 points, and Omar Robinson with 11 in our final game of the week came to us on Saturday, 129, highly anticipated. Uh, number eight team in our power rankings at the number seven team in our power rankings. That will be Tully at Wheatsport. Tully came into the game as the number fourth ranked team in New York State Class C, and Wheatsport came into the game as the number 11th ranked Class C team in New York State. And the game, I actually called that game on the radio. It was difficult to call. Um, Tully used a late run, and I mean they they uh, they opened the game with a big run, ten to nothing. Uh, they finished the first quarter fifteen to seven. Tully then put up twenty one in the second quarter to Wheatsworth's four. So it's about an eight minute stretch there from the last three minutes of the first quarter and the first five minutes of the second quarter were. Wheatsport scored majority of their points to get back in the game, and then the last three minutes, Telly just pulled away. Daniel Mech went off, and you know the rest was history. They ended up beating the Telly Black Knights, beat the Wheatsport Warriors seventy to thirty-three. Telly was led by guard Daniel Mech. It's twenty-seven points with three three-pointers, five rebounds, four steals. Lane Edinger's eighteen points. 13 assists, 11 rebounds, 7 steals, and Ryan Mize, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks. It seemed like he had 10 blocks in that game. And the Wheatsport Warriors were led by 6-5 big man Troy Brown's 11 points. Um, the Warriors didn't, didn't seem in. It seemed like uh, Tully, after that long bus ride, you know, came ready to go, and it truly showed. And... The Warriors couldn't just couldn't fight back, and they're two totally different groups. You know, the teams are totally different makeup, and it showed, and it showed. And and Weedsport, you know, Coach Vargason will have them right back in the gym. They play each other again in nine days, nine days from Saturday, so eight days from today on Sunday, and I'm sure he'll have them ready to go. And that wasn't the showing that the Warriors usually have two great programs in Class C, very tough competitive teams. And you'll hear a little bit about them when I mention that to Coach Broderick on the Coach's Corner. Um, with that said, that'll bring us to our Player of the Week this week. 
our player of the week was actually featured in that game, and it's going to be Daniel Mech of Tully. He averages, averaged 17.6 points in the three games this week. He had 12 points against Marathon. He had seven, or excuse me, 14 points against Lafayette, and then the big 27-point outburst against the Weedsport Warriors. Congratulations to you, Daniel Mech. You're the CNY Hoops Nations Player of the Week for Episode 6 here in the 2022 season. Um, give us a like, a follow, reach out. We'd like to get you on an interview. Uh, message us on Instagram at CNY Hoops Nation or at twi- on Twitter at CNY Hoops Nation or on Facebook. At, uh, like our page and message us. We'd like to get you on for an interview. Also, you can email us at cnyhoopsnation at gmail.com if that works better. So looking ahead, take a quick look here at some sectional standings. In the Class AA, we have Christian Brothers Academy sitting at the 3 seed at 11-2. and two. The Bishop London Gaelic Knights at the 9 seed at 6-8. and eight. For the loaded Class A bracket, we got the Fulton Red Raiders sitting at the three seed at nine and four. Bishop Grimes Cobras at eight and six at the four seed. Syracuse Academy of Science the six seed at eight and five. The Auburn Maroons at number nine at seven and eight. And the Oswego Buccaneers the fourteenth seed right now at four and eight. In Class B we got the Chittenango Bears at number two with fourteen and one. Skinny Ellis Lakers at number five thirteen and two. Number six, the West Hill Warriors at twelve and three. The Phoenix Firebirds at number seven at twelve and three. The Marcellus Mustangs are at number ten, ten and four. Institute of Technology Central is number thirteen at seven and eight, and number fourteen is Altmar Parish Williamstown at eight and seven. Number fifteen is Solvay at six and six. Number seventeen is Homer at five and nine. Number twenty is Casanova at four and eleven. Number twenty one is Jordan Albridge at two and ten. Number 23 is Hannibal at 1 and 10. Number 24 is Mexico at 1 and 8. For Class C, we, at number 2, we have our Tully Black Knights at 13 and 1. Tied at third right now would be a coin toss. would be number 3, Weedsport at 13 and 3. Number 9, Kato Meridian at 10 and 7. Pulaski at number 13, 5 and 7. Number 14, Lafayette at 6 and 10. Number 17 would be Fabius Pompey at 5 and 9. Number 19 is Onondaga at 3-9, and, and number 21 is Port Byron at 3-12. and 12. In Class D, we have Faith Heritage leading the way in our coverage area at number 9, 7-8. Manlius Pebble Hill comes in at 13, at 4-8. and eight. Modern Day Academy at number 18 with 3-10. and 10. And that'll wrap it up for our coverage area. Let's take a look at our standings. Our league standings right now. Perfect. Okay, we'll start with the Salt City Athletic Conference. We have the three teams we cover in that: Auburn at six and eight. They're uh, five and four in conference, five and three in division. Then we have Fulton at nine and four, four and four in conference, four and four in division. We got Oswego at four and eight, two and five in conference, two and five in division. Moving on to the OHSLs. Nanadaga High School League, Liberty American Division. We got Chattanooga fourteen and one, nine and zero, five and zero in division. West Hill twelve and three, nine and three, four and one. 
Phoenix Firebirds 12 and 3, 10 and 3 in conference, 4 and 2 in division. ITC is 7 and 8, 4 and 6, 1 and 2. Homer's 5 and 9, 4 and 7, 0 oh and 5. And Mexico is 2 and 8, 2 and 8, 0 oh and 4. For the Liberty Central Christian Brothers Academy, 11 and 2 overall, 6 and 0 oh in conference, 3 and 0 oh in division. Bishop Games Cobras, 8 and 6, 4 and 1, 2 and 1. Syracuse Academy of Science, 8 and 5, 4 and 4, 1 and 2. And the Bishop Blood and Gaelic Knights, 6 and 9, 1 and 5, 0 oh and 3. For the Liberty Nationals, we got Skinny Atlas Lakers, 13 and 2 overall, 11 and 2 in conference, and 5 and 1 in division. Marcellus Mustangs, 10 and 4, 7 and 3, 4 and 1. Solve, 6 and 6, 5 and 6, 3 and 1. Casanova, 4 and 11, 2 and 7, 2 and 2. Almar Parish Williamstown, 8 and 7, 6 and 7, 2 and 4. Hannibal, 1 and 11, 1 and 8, 0 oh and 4. Jordan Elbridge, 2 and 10, 1 and 9, 0 oh and 3. For the Patriot American, we got the Tully Black Knights, 13-1 overall, 11-0 in conference, 5-0 in division. Onondaga, 3-7, 3-7, 3-2. Manlius Pebble Hill, 4-8, 4-7, 2-3. Fayette, 6-10, 5-9, 2-5. Fabius Pompey, 4-8, 2-6, 1-3. For the Patriot National Division, the Weedsport Warriors, 12-3 overall, 10-2 in conference, 7-0 in division. Cato Meridian, 10-6 overall, 10-5 in conference, 6-1 in division. Pulaski, 5-7 overall, 5-7 in conference, 4-3 in division. Faith Heritage, 7-8 overall, 7-6 in conference, 3-5 in division. Modern Day Academy, 2-10 overall, 2-9 in conference, 1-6 in division. And Port Byron, 2-11 overall, 2-10 in conference, 1-7 in division. We'll take a look ahead. Here at the upcoming schedule. On Monday, 131, we got Moravia, Moravia traveling of Section 4 traveling to Port Byron at 7 o'clock. And then on Tuesday, 2 1, we have Chittenango traveling to Institute of Technology Central, Solve traveling to Skinny Atlas, Elmar British Williamstown at Hannibal, Homer at Phoenix. Auburn at Cortland, Central Square at Fulton, Oswego at East Syracuse, Manoa, Mexico at Bishop Grimes, West Hill at Christian Brothers Academy, Jordan Elmridge at Marcellus, Fabius Pompey at Tully, Syracuse Academy of Science at Utica Proctor, and then round up our busy Wednesday. Excuse me, Tuesday. On Wednesday, 2-2, we have Lafayette travels to Manlius Pebble Hill, Oswego at Central Square, Tully at Onondaga, Faith Heritage at Pulaski, Modern Day Academy at Weedsport. Thursday, 2-3, we have Mexico travels to Homer. Modern Day Academy travels to Ostelic Valley. A little light schedule this week. But on Friday, we pick it up a little bit here on 2-4. We have Oswego at Auburn, West Hill at Solvay, Hannibal at Phoenix, Institute of Technolo Technology Central at Jordan Elbridge, Fulton at PSLA at Fowler, Marcellus at Chittenango, Skinny Atlas at Casanova, Fabius Pompey at Pulaski, Faith Heritage at Onondaga, Cato Meridian at Port Byron. I actually think that game is in Cato. I think that's Port Byron at Cato. I think the ads are backwards on the schedule. Bishop Grimes at Syracuse Academy of Science. Bishop Ludden at Christian Brothers Academy. And for Saturday, 2-5, we have Mexico at Manlius Pebble Hill to round it out. And we have CBA Albany at Christian Brothers Academy in Syracuse at 5.45 p.m. For our games of the week this week, we're going to go with two games. 
two one is going to be our game of the week with number four West Hill Warriors twelve and three at number one Christian Brothers Academy eleven and two. And then on two four we got number nine Marcellus ten and four at number two Chittenango fourteen and one. That's a rematch of a game that Chittenango won in Chittenango had won in uh what you want to call it? My my uh, mind is going blank here. Chenango won in Marcellus. It was a, a really nice, highly contested game. Chenango didn't take the lead, I believe, until the end of the third quarter or early in the fourth. Marcellus Mustangs missed a bunch of bunnies in that game that could have made a difference in the end, and uh, and and Chenango pulled away a little bit to secure that win. So this will be a highly contested matchup, and we'll see if the Mustangs can bring it to the Bears and Bear Country. So with that said, we are going to touch base here. Before we get to our coaches' corners, we're going to touch base on our CNY Hoops Nation's power rankings. At number 10, falling from number 6 last week, is the Weeds for Warriors at 12-3. and three. Remaining at number 9 this week is Marcellus at 10-4. and four. And fall, at number 8, falling from number 4, is the Phoenix Firebirds at 12-3. and three. Sitting steady at number seven is Tully at thirteen and one. Moving up from number eight to number six, it's the Bishop Grimes Cobras at eight and six. Moving up from number ten to number five, it's the Fulton Red Raiders at nine and four, led by Coach Braderick, our guest on the Coach's Corner tonight. Moving up from number five to number four, it's the West Hill Warriors at twelve and three. And Skinny Atlas sitting steady at number three at thirteen and two. The Chittenango Bears at number two, 14 and one, and once again at number one is the Christian Brothers Academy, 11 and two. So a quick rundown of the little shuffle in our power rankings: number ten, Weedsport; number nine, Marcellus; number eight, Phoenix; number seven, Tully; number six, Bishop Grimes; number five, Fulton; number four, West Hill; number three, Skinny Atlas; number two, Chittenango; and number one, CBA. As always, please reach out, guys, on CNY Hoops Nation's podcast. Uh, We'd like to hear from all of you. It's just a a pleasure to do this as a volunteer service to everybody. Um, We want to put this out there for all the kids. That's what it's about. We're about the kids. This is about the kids. So let's keep it that way, and let's, uh, let's make it work, man. This is fun. Do send highlights and all that fun stuff. Uh, reach us on cnyhoopsnation.com, excuse me, cnyhoopsnation and Instagram at cnyhoopsnation on Twitter. Like our page, cnyhoopsnation on Facebook, or even email us, you know, send us highlights, questions, comments, whatever you want to be on the show, let us know. Uh, at at gmail.com. And with that said, we're going to get into our interview in the coach's corner with Coach Sean Broderick. Coach's Corner. All right, we're here with uh, Coach Broderick, uh, varsity boys coach of the Fulton Red Raiders basketball team, sitting at nine and four in the Salt City Athletic Conference four and four Empire Division. Uh, thanks for joining me, Coach Broderick. Thanks, Will. We always appreciate. When you cover high school student athletes and put them in the spotlight, they they certainly believe uh, they certainly deserve it. And um, when you're doing things like that, we really really appreciate that. 
Thank you. We try our best for that. Uh, it's good to see the uh, local area where I grew up being covered. It's uh, it's fun to see. Plus, when your your program's doing well, it's always more fun to get coverage too. And so, with that said, let's talk a little bit about uh, your program. Uh, can you touch base a little bit here on, you know, off the air? We talked a little about a little bit about the pandemic and the COVID and how it shut things down, and you had guys doing workouts. Um, can you talk about that a little bit and then lead into how with this season you've had some pauses potentially and restarts, just kind of touch base on some of that and fill in the listeners of the struggles as a varsity program dealing with this sickness still. Yeah, you know, obviously we dealt with what everybody did here in the, in the last, uh, two years and just, you know, so proud of our guys and, and, and our program and, the leadership they showed, um, you know, going back to when this whole thing started um, and coaches couldn't have any involvement. Um, we were doing Zoom workouts with Leroy Collins and Eric Devendorf, and it was it was really our guys. Um, last year's team, Jack, Don, and Mark, that really got the thing coordinated. Um, and they showed up for all these Zoom workouts, strength and conditioning, ball handling, and it encouraged the rest of their teammates to show. Um, and then ultimately all the younger guys in our program, and we were able to do things remotely, safely, in a compliant fashion, doing things in their own driveway or their own basement, um, just preparing, preparing for, for hopefully play. And, and, and of course, uh, of course, um, we, were, we were able to, thankfully. And that just led in to, to what we did this year in the offseason and, and again, it was the leadership of the guys on the team. We had three returning seniors and, um, you know, three other underclassmen. And all six of those guys were around all summer um, doing doing everything that they could uh, to make up for, for any, any lost time. So we felt like coming into the season, um, you know, we did what we could. It wasn't what we typically do in the offseason in terms of, in terms of fundamentals, but we got them playing a lot of summer league games, which we thought they needed to do and, and uh, frankly deserved, deserved to do. Um, and, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a pause back on uh, January 3rd. We were off for, for seven or eight days. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a time where, where uh, you know, in the middle of the season, we weren't together. It certainly impacted us. It was frustrating, but you know, our number one goal is the health and safety of our of our student athletes. And so, um, and maybe in some way, that that time um, when we were on pause, and thankfully all of our guys were healthy, um, it gave them it gave them some time to rest their bodies, get fully healthy, and and um, you know, focus on, on on the back half of the season. But but most importantly. Um, you know, we want to just make sure our guys are, are healthy and safe, and, and now we're back together as a as a full team. So we're very grateful and thankful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, as we talked about off the air quickly before we got on the air about the workouts you guys did originally, not thinking that you had a season coming, and I was a fan of watching the recorded workouts, and it is really truly a neat way to use technology to your advantage in a situation like that. And hopefully we never have to really deal with it again, but it also gives you another tool in your pocket to hold the accountability to the kids in the program throughout the 
you know, for the rest of their careers until better technology comes out and you do more. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, I think we all learned two years ago in March what Zoom was. And, uh, you know, we, we took advantage of it while we could. We were all home and, and we, we met as a program, um, had some coaches on, had, had, uh, my brother Kevin on, had Jason Leon on, um, you know, just to talk to our guys about, um, self-motivation and doing what you could. Um, then we had Eric Devendorf on and, and Leroy Collins and, and our guys, our guys took advantage of that. And, it, and I think it really, it really prop- propelled our program into, um, you know, a level of leadership that we hadn't seen before. Cause this was really all student led coaches couldn't be involved. We had to do things so independently Unfortunately, we had such strong leadership that they really, really benefited us, and we figured it out. You know, that was that was what I was most proud of our guys about is they they, they figured it out, and uh, you know, as I said, just just grateful that you know, hopefully we're we're coming out of this and and um, going to uh, get back to playing basketball in a, in a normal fashion soon. Yeah, amen to that. I agree. And those three guys that you keep talking about, Jack Broderick now plays at Nazareth College. Uh, Marcus Shepard playing at Casanova College, and Dom Abbott is running track at Lemoyne College. It's no coincidence that the, those were the three leaders, and now they're all doing something collegially other than, be, I should say, being a student athlete in, at the collegiate level um, because of that work ethic that they had and helped instill in the program. So with your current guys um, that kind of followed suit, from those three, do you have any guys in particular? You know, you said you had six returners or nine returners. I can't remember exactly. And uh, but any of those guys that um, have stepped up and uh, kind of taken on the leadership role that continue that success with the program. Yeah, so we have we have three seniors this year. We just had senior night last week. It was a great night for those three. Um, Dylan Diefenbacher, uh, Damian Piper, and Cody Lawton were all honored that night. All three of them have just been just role models in, in our program um, for their whole career. And uh, to have those three um, part of our leadership committee this year has really, really, really helped us. Um, Sam Cotton, Gavin Doty were very instrumental in our success last year. You know, Sam being a sophomore last year and Gavin a freshman. Um, they, they've both had tremendous years already through 13 games this year um you know gavin's the second leading scorer i think in the scac and sam is uh you know sam is guarding the other team's best defensive player every night um he's scoring 10 or 11 points a game eight or nine rebounds and eight or nine assists just doing everything we need him to do um so those two have really been our leaders on the court and then our sixth returner trevor hendrickson um, was on last year's team that was very successful, got to be part of that, um, got to be around such strong leadership, um, did not play a ton last year, but it's those 42 days we had together last year in the short season benefited him immensely. And um, he just had his best game of his career Friday night against the SM. He made three huge threes in the third quarter when we were struggling to score. Um, and, you know, he's, he's really uh, starting to enjoy a great 
junior year. And a lot of that was because of the experience he got last year. So really, really proud of all six of those guys. And they've all overcome something here along the way um, and all been great contributors to, to this year's team. That's awesome. Sounds like you got a, a nice core to build off. And we'll touch base a little bit later on what you have coming up in the program. Um, and, and they have a good lead. I mean, Doty's a sophomore. Uh, Cotton's a junior, and you got you got some guys that are still young that are contributing, and that's cool for them to build off of. So we're going to look ahead here, or look, I should say, look back. Um, the Oswego Fulton rivalry. Uh, the game was at Oswego. I like to dub it the uh, Oswego River rivalry. It was one of the four games of the week that we had last week, and um, it's usually a really highly contested game, and they're fun to watch. A couple of years ago, I was able to uh, do one live on the air. That was really neat where I got to interview at Oswego, and you guys won in, I believe it was overtime, right? I can't remember for sure, but it was just a great game. But this year, you guys uh, really put the boots on and did the homework. Uh, you come away 58-38 winners. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the game and uh, what went good and a couple of things that you might want to change or whatnot? But uh, obviously, a 20-point win is a, a great win versus a rivalry. Yeah, you know, it, it really started with our with our defense. Um, Oswego has good players, just like every every team in our league. And, and uh, you know, we went in like we normally do, prepared with, with a game plan. And our, our guys just defensively, um, you know, just – so so proud of them. I mean, held held the swigler to to eleven points in the first half, and and that really gave us confidence on the offensive end, got us into our transition game, um, and really just allowed us to kind of stretch our our lead in, in the first half. Um, you know, we we know this game is is something our kids, you know, the kids in the program always look forward to. These guys know each other. They see each other in the summer, play against each other in the summer, um, play, played on travel teams, you know, with or against each other when they were younger. So there's that natural rivalry just because we're, we're 10 miles apart and it is Fulton Oswego. Um, but it's a it's a game that, that um, every year we know could go could go either way. And I know uh, – I know when they come to our place here in, in, in a week and a half or two weeks or so, uh, they're 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 going to want to they're going to want to get some revenge. So we better we better be ready. But that was, certainly was our night. We played really really good, and our our our, our guys deserved that. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. It was looking at the stats. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Doty led you guys with scoring with 19 and 15 rebounds. You know, Cotton was right there, 7.7 rebounds, 10 assists, like you talk about. Yeah, really had a nice balance all the way through. Tanner Emmons was six, Hendricks was seven, Piper was six, Diefenbacher with five, Trude with six. So the balance was really there, with the exception, obviously, Gavin being the, the leader uh, as far as putting uh, the ball through the hoop, but everybody did. So that's. Uh, yeah, and, it, and, and that's been. That's been the value of this year's team, especially, you know, since after Christmas is we had so many young and inexperienced guys. Uh, really, only Gavin Sam played any any uh, any minutes last year. So so we had even the guys that were on varsity weren't didn't have ex- experience game minutes, and then several guys from from JV. So now that we're now that we're fifty or so practices in, you've, we've really seen. Um, their development and improvement um, over the last, you know, two and a half weeks or so. Um, and it's credit to them. I mean, many of those kids have been going at it since November 15th, and 
and, and, and not getting a lot of minutes in games, but just keep working and working and working and practice, you know, individually to get better. And, and so now you're starting to see some of that balance. Um, you know, Trevor, Trevor was great the other night. Tanner on, on Wednesday uh, was our leading scorer. Um, so we just have these, these other guys that are, they're stepping up. Um, and we're going to need that, you know, going into to the last month of the season, everybody's getting better. Um, everybody, um, uh, is, is creating depth on their bench. Um, and so, um, you know, we're doing the same and just, just proud of those guys for keeping at it. And, um, uh, you know, happy certainly for for Tanner and uh, Trevor um, the week that they had last week. But, uh, you know, Sam and Gab have just been constants all year. Um, as I said earlier, Sam just guards the other team's best players night in, night out. And Gab gets every look possible defensively, and he's finding a way to score. So um, fortunate to have those guys and, and, and just looking forward to uh, – you know, to, to the last uh, month or so of the season. Okay, so, yeah, with that said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit here about the upcoming schedule. Uh, that win over the rival Bucks seems to propel the, the squad a little bit, sitting at 9-4. and four. Um, Those four losses, one against Auburn in December, one against James O'Dwight in December, and then I didn't realize the loss to East Syracuse, Manoa, and Cortland came after your pause. Um, so that could be uh, partially attributed to that. Um, however, with that said, you remain in five games. You've avenged losses already to Auburn and East Syracuse Manoa. You beat both of those teams that beat you earlier. So you got on the 1st of February, you got Central Square. Then you travel to Fowler. Then you can avenge Cortland. Then you got uh, Rival Oswego at home. And then you host JD at home. So obviously... The goal is to avenge those losses. Um, how do you how do you feel moving into the last five games? I mean, that's kind of a, a tough stretch of games here, but all very very winnable games. And uh, what kind of momentum are you looking to carry through here on a four game winning streak? And if you don't mind, could you give us a little uh, Coach Braderick locker room pregame chat? You know, with the four game winning streak here for any of the games coming up, just kind of what's the mindset and what's the outlook coming forward? Yeah. The, the pregame chats probably more appropriate than some of the halftime chats, but uh, <laughs> um, for sure, for sure we'll do that. Yeah. You look at our, you're right on. Will. you look at, you look at the schedule and, and we literally with this team because of, 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 uh, of the, you know, the, the inexperience and, and, um, you know, just how we were approaching this year's team. We were literally looking at this thing game to game. Um, but mm-hmm. that being said, every team in our league, there's just so much parity. You know, after our games on Tuesdays and Fridays, you go to the scoreboard and, you know, it's kind of a guess who's going to win, who's going to lose. JD's been really, really good um, for the last, you know, five or six weeks. And um, as, as always, Coach Ike just doing a great, great job there. Um, the rest of the league, it's been kind of a toss-up where anybody, you know, anybody can beat anybody. You know, we're going to get an opportunity to get another chance at um, at Cortland um, and JD, and Fowler's going to get an opportunity, and Oswego's going to get another opportunity to get a get a shot at us. And, and I think that's just kind of how everybody's looking at it this year. Is you know, you're taking this thing one game at a time. You know, especially with rosters and and health and COVID is, 
you know, you really got to take it one day at a time and just prepare for, for what's in front of you. So we're, we're, uh, feeling good about where we're at at nine and four. I, I, I don't know if, if, um, if a lot of people would have predicted it, um, mm-hmm. given, given, uh, you know, the, the, uh, kind of the lack of experience we, we, uh, had coming back, but I think the guys that I have, you know, those, those 13 we have in our locker room, um, they were confident and, and, um, you know, they thought we could, you know, win games this year. Um, but I, I can tell you this is, is if you don't show up ready to play, you will lose. And literally anybody in our league can beat anybody. And I think that's been, that's been proven, um, you know, especially over the last three or four weeks. So that's the exciting part about this, right. Is, mm-hmm. is, is you, the challenge of, of, uh, being prepared, the challenge of being ready to practice every day, and then, and then the excitement of, of, of game night. So um, we look forward to that. And um, you know, it's 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 uh, Tuesday. Um, you know, Central Square, who we haven't played, and and uh, that's always a fun game for us. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, a short little rivalry as well. It's just up the road, half hour, give or take. Um, with that, you know, I know you want to take everything one game at a time. I just want to touch base a little bit here on um, the current sectional standings. If the team was to, or the season was to end today and sectional started, um, and I want to touch base a little bit on your thoughts about every team being able to make sectionals. I'm not personally a big fan of it. Um, however, you know, I understand with the pauses and everything what that means and why they've done that, and it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, but right now you're sitting in third place as if the season ended today in the Class A's, you know, behind New Hartford, who's red hot with that, uh, was a Filipowski kid. And then, um, you know, J.D. and right on your tail is uh, Bishop Grimes, who's really started to kick it on as of late. Um, any other squads you uh, you see in the sectionals, you know, in that section? Obviously, like you said, the league is tough. I mean, <laughs> you guys are littered throughout. Uh, Auburn sitting at the ninth seat at 7-8, and eight, and they've won some – games against some very good teams and yeah it's you know we one of our coaches coach truth pays attention to a lot of that and i try i try not to but he (laughs) he he was he 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 pulled it up for me friday after our win and in the office and we were looking at it on the big screen and 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 you look at the teams and how they're ranked and some of those teams that are seven eight nine and say god i wouldn't want to play them it's just (laughs) again there's just so much parity um, I haven't had the opportunity to to uh, to to see New Hartford live this year. Seen them on film and and seen seen JD a bunch and and Grimes. Those are all really 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 good teams. And my guess is the way those the way those uh, seedings look now are probably going to look uh, pretty different when this thing is all over. Just because there's uh, a lot of games to be played and yep. um, a lot of teams playing for. Uh, you know, for, for seedings. And, you know, I can appreciate the fact that the section was, was good enough to allow, allow everybody in, you know, trying to win, you know, 40% of your games when maybe there's, if you're missing, if you're missing a couple players for, you know, seven to 10 days, that might be sometimes depending on your schedule is three or four games. Um, You know, those, those three or four games, you know, the difference between a win or a loss might be who was available to play that night and who wasn't. So so I can appreciate that. I think for what all of our kids have been through, um, 
you know, this year and last. Um, they don't need any more bad luck, you know, and, and, and they all deserve to play in, in, in the sectionals. And so, um, you know, I can appreciate the fact that that um, the section allowed that. And I think probably what you'll see is some lower seeds will will probably beat some higher seeds somewhere along the way just because I think the teams are that close. Yeah, and what they dealt with, right? Like you said, that some of the teams might be back to full strength by that point in the season and have a key guy back who hasn't been able to play because of COVID or whatever else is going on. And uh, that definitely plays a a big factor. So moving forward to, uh, you know, obviously we're not trying to go much past one game at a time here, but uh, what's the goal moving forward? Obviously we always want to win all five games um, and get into sectionals still hot. That would put you on a nine-game winning streak. Uh, what's what's the, uh, the the goals and for Coach Broderick moving forward for the rest of the season leading into sectionals and and any particular things you're really trying to tweak up with kids, um, whether it's still stressing you know the health and safety protocols you know and keep everyone healthy or you know something as simple as make sure you eat breakfast today because it's going to be a long road trip to Cortland. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's we talk about those things um, and and our yeah our goal is. Is, is the health and safety of, of, of our guys and, you know, having our full roster from now to the, to the end of the year, these guys deserve that. They've, they've, uh, they've earned that. Um, so we talk about those things all the time. Um, you know, especially with kids and eating habits and sleeping habits and, you know, the weather changes and, and, and COVID, you know, and just trying to do all the right things for themselves and for the team you know, to stay healthy and, and safe and, um, you know, just be available, you know, to be in school um, and to play. And then if we can do that, then you have an opportunity to have great practices, um, you know, which gets you prepared for game, game night. And that's, that's been really the, the approach um, with this team. I remember we played Fowler up at SRC early in the season. We were talking after the game. Um, you know, as a team, and, and I literally didn't know who we played next. You know, I, was, I literally, I, was, I did not know we were talking about practice, and, and I had I didn't even know who we who we who we played next. And, and I don't think that's ever ever happened. But that's really how we've approached approached this year. And and um, you know, we talked to the guys about that a lot, and and really emphasizing their their health and, and safety. And fortunately, we've got a lot of. Uh, very very mature um accountable kids and and they don't take that lightly and they they uh they're looking out for themselves and they're looking out for their teammates and and that's um that, that's just really really part of our our culture and we're proud of them for that yeah that's awesome you know it's, it's funny you you brought up Fowler just as a coincidence that you didn't know i just caught on that they moved back up to double a they're not even in your league now so they're in our league, but they're double A. So we play them twice. Um, we played them in the Pepinos tournament. We were fortunate enough to get invited to uh, yeah. Coach Cerrone's uh, tournament up there, and he runs a great tournament. Um, and uh, we got to play Fowler, and we were supposed to play last year in the tournament last year, so invited us back, and we played Fowler up there early in the year. They're still in our league. I do see um, that. They're, they're, they're a double A team, but they are, they're in our league, so we uh, – you know, we play them two league games, okay. two league games a year. And was that just for them to keep the SCAC uh, balanced, eight and eight? Uh, I, you know, I don't actually know what goes into that. The athletic yeah. directors 
um, d- decide that. But uh, you know, they're we like having them in our league. They're I think yeah. you know proud member of our our league. Um, you know, Christian Coach Smith there is doing a doing doing a good job, and um, you know uh, uh, that's a that's a athletic director I think decision on how they. How they how they decide on um, yeah, I never saw who's that. in each side of the SCAC. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I just I never caught the guy. I knew they've been in the league, and I just happened to see it when I was looking. I was like, wait, they're double A's, but they're still in the league. Hmm. Um, real quick before we uh, talk about the rest of your program, I looking at the schedule here. I just wanted to. Uh, I was fortunate. I don't know if you're aware, but I I've been doing some uh, rate games on the radio this year for WAUB ninety six point three out of Auburn. And um, I was fortunate to call the game between Tully and Weedsport, and I see you played them both in the non-conference schedule. Uh, Tully is the number fourth ranked team in Class C, and Weedsport was the number eighth ranked class uh, uh, team in Class C. And I don't know if you did you get a chance to catch the score on that. Who won? I was I was paying attention to who ended up winning that game. Tully ended up pulling it out seventy to thirty three. Yeah, and so it, we played both those teams, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, you know, they are two really, really, really good teams that would win games at any class. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I played high school basketball at Bishop Cunningham, and they were in our league. We played in the OHSL, and so I have some background with Tully and Weedsport and have yep. gotten to know uh, um, both their coaches, uh, two really, really good coaches, two great programs. And mm-hmm. um, we were... Uh, because of all that went on with the scheduling last year, we didn't have a full schedule going into the season. And, and, um, we got calls from them and I think they wanted to play in a school and they called yeah. us and we played them. And, and, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I'd want to go back and do that again, because they are <laughs> really good. Um, you know, they can have whatever letter they have after their name. I don't, you know, BC, whatever it is. Um, that, that that doesn't acknowledge how good those teams are. They're yeah. they're good, and both, both both those programs got something special going. We we played, um, you know, we played at Wheatsport um, and at Tully, and and they both have um, just great, you know, community involvement, um, you know, great spirit around their programs, and they win, and they win, and, and their kids play hard. And, and like I said, I think those two teams would win win games, um, you know, playing against, uh, you know, A's and B's yep. uh, on a regular basis. I think they're that good. For sure. Absolutely. And two, two very contrasting styles of play too, right? <laughs> yeah, they are, but both of them win. Both work. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, uh, it's tough getting prepared for them. I mean, Weedsport, Weedsport, um, you know, we knew bigger, both teams were bigger than us. Weedsport yep. significantly bigger than us. Yep. Um, and we had a uh, really good, really good third quarter against Weedsport, and a and a good second half against Tully. But but both those games were very very competitive games. Yeah, that's awesome. I just I caught that. I was like, oh, I got to ask Coach about that because I know you you don't have a, a stick in the fire when it comes to the the C schools. But it's cool that you played both those very good teams. And I was I was kind of shocked at the outcome. I thought it would have been a little bit closer, but. You know, Tully caught him off guard, and they'll see him again here down in Tully in, a, in nine days or eight days after today, probably. But um, 
appreciate your uh, your input on that. I'm glad that uh, I got to ask that question. Just I wanted to know what your thought was because I know that wasn't Weed Sports A game until he played really really well. Um, yeah. So moving on back to your program here, any younger guys uh, in the program that you'd like to give shout outs to? I know you're big about everybody, and I know we talked about this before. You know every kid's name in your program, right on down to the you know fourth grade travel kids or fifth grade travel kids. You know you're very very active and involved, and uh, obviously the future is looking bright with all the support you have from you know your coaching staff. You know four or five guys like we had chatted before. Um, but anything you want to say, either you don't have to specifically say any kids in particular. Um, just as a as a whole, you know, the whole program, you can do that if you would like. Uh, what's the future of uh, Fulton Red Raider basketball look like? Unfortunate, you know, I don't I don't hunt or fish or I don't even play golf anymore. But I this time of the year, I spend all my Saturdays over at Fulton War Memorial. We have a great youth basketball program, boys and girls, kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, we have we have 480 kids this year in the program. Um, you know the, the the program is, you know, we're just fortunate. We have a partnership with the city of Fulton, and we use the Fultonmore Memorial. Um, you know, we were allowed to use some uh, elementary school gym time to practice. We have 75 volunteers that coach or assistant coach um, these kids, and you know, really, what we're trying to get done there is just for them to to have fun to have fun on saturdays and and um you know for fulton kids on a team with a hannibal kid he gets to see him on on saturdays or if one of our students in fulton that goes to lanigan it's on a team with a with a kid from granby they get to see each other on saturdays it's some of the best part about what gets done over there we're teaching fundamentals you know we don't keep score until they're in third grade um but we want we want them to have fun and 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 figure out you know um, if they like basketball or not and it's a great great opportunity for them but a program that just wouldn't happen um, if we didn't have that facility and we didn't have the the, the volunteer coaches that we have um, and that kind of feeds right into our modified program just so fortunate to have you know Josh Osborne and Josh Viscom as our modified coaches. They had a very, very successful year. We're one of the few teams in our league that has a freshman program that Coach Trude coaches. Um, they won a bunch of games this year, only lost a, a couple. Um, and my JV coach, Dave Wallace, is, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's just an absolute leader. Um, he's a says that teacher in our district. And, you know, when I get guys from David, um, you know, they're ready. You know, they've, they, they understand the maturity, the accountability level, our, our uh, goal setting, um, just our culture, and they're ready to play varsity basketball, you know, once they've spent some time with, with Coach Wallace. So um, I'm in an envious position. I've got, I've got a lot, a lot of kids in our program right now, which creates competition, um, and that's what we've always wanted to build this thing around is creating competition uh, friendly competition and team competition, but competition within our program so our kids can earn it. And um, you know that's that that that's where we're getting. And and um, my guys give up a lot of their time in the summer. We spend a lot of time with our kids in, in, in the summer playing summer league games, getting into open gyms, um, attending a local AmeriCorps program where they can get free open gym time. 
and in our community, we're trying to do as much as possible uh, that we can for free. So it's inclusive. Um, money is not a barrier to participate in anything we do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's on the right track right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's mainly because, you know, uh, the, the kids are enjoying it and we have great community spirit, great community buy-in. Um, our, our district and our administrators are supportive and, and the city of Fulton, um, you know, allows us to run, you know, the best, the best youth basketball program around, we think. So, so, uh, um, it's, it's a great way to, 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 to spend the winter. I get to see all of our kids on Saturdays, um, over there and, and it's a blast to get to know them. And probably the coolest thing about it, Will, is all my varsity guys were there Saturday, all of them refereeing, uh, keeping score, taking pictures with the kids, a number of the JV kids and, and even the freshman kids. And it wasn't long ago they were playing in the program and they remember how much they enjoyed it. So those guys being around our youth is, is really kind of piqued the interest of our, of our youth and created a lot, a lot of positive interest. So we're, we're proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, one of the very unique um, programs, youth programs, especially in the area where the varsity coach is definitely involved from the top right straight down. You're you're a hands-on guy. You know you you get, you take these volunteer coaches. You guys do some coaching clinics. You make sure everyone's on point with the with the fundamentals. You know laying the base of the foundation for what they're going to expect as they travel through the ranks. The older they get, and it, it's so cool to see you know, the varsity guys spending that time where, you know, they could be playing Xbox or PlayStation or watching, you know, college ball or pro ball or something, but they're, they're true to the program and they put the time in on the weekend. So with that said, I do want to kind of bring up a unique thing. We had chatted a little bit about uh, off the record before we uh, went on air is you talked about your leadership guys, and uh, one of them you had mentioned was Jack Broderick, and we talked about my kids and coaching. And, you know, you were fortunate enough to coach your son, Connor, on JV, as well as Jack on varsity. And uh, I kind of want you just to touch a little bit about that because I've always had a fear of coaching my own kid, <laughs> like we talked about, and uh, and you enjoyed it. So I kind of want you to, you know, give, yeah. give that little experience out there for our listeners so they can hear what it's like. You, you might want to have Connor and Jack on to see how much they enjoyed it, but, but I know uh, I know I did. You know, it's just as a as, as a dad when you get to uh, you know I was lucky when, when my brother Kevin was building that program at Oswego State. I had a front seat, um, you know, for 13 years with him. You know, I was I was there helping him. Uh, was had a job and in business and pretty busy, but but spent a lot of time there with him and got to watch him you know, build that thing and learned a ton just about building a program, um, but a lot about coaching. Um, he had been around uh, Bill Van Gundy and John Beeline. He'd been around the best coaches, and and so I got to learn from that as well. And and then when, you know, when the opportunity um, came for me to be able to coach here locally, being able to coach both my sons was, you know, um, this is the first year that one of them hasn't been in the program, and I'm probably enjoying this year more, uh, as much or more than I ever have. But um, there's nothing like, you know, nothing like, you know, coaching your own kid and and just having 
you know, that time together, um, you know, after school and practice and, and, um, specifically the last couple of years, um, you know, coaching, coaching Jack and, you know, his best friends were the guys on the team. And so spending time with them in the gym and on the bus and then coming home to my home and they're in my home. It's just, it's an experience like, like no other. Um, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I said, Connor and Jack might, might have some suggestions with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with how I might deal with some things. But, but um, I think, um, you know, we were, we, the, the three of us were lucky to, to, uh, you know, to have experienced that. I, I, I learned a lot about coaching and most importantly, I got to have their friends, uh, uh, you know, Connor's friends and Jack's friends around uh, my family and in my house a lot. It just, um, it just, I value those relationships with our student athletes. And because, because I had kids in the program, um, some might see that as a deterrent. It was such a benefit for us, um, for me and for my program and the relationship building I did with the guys on our team because of it. So uh, if you can do it, you know, do it. Um, it, for me, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was as rewarding as anything I've done. Yeah, that's awesome. That might be a, a future interview here. I might have to reach out to Con and <laughs> and Jack and see and get their thoughts. I'm sure they're both great kids. Get, get so I'm sure they're not going to be. <laughs> get, get, get get them off the record first. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the, they both they both have some they both have some stories that we we. As we get older, we we, we we laugh about, but um, um, you know, it's 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 they made me a better coach. You know, they Absolutely. they they made they made me a better dad. They made me a better coach, no doubt about that. Absolutely, I love the stories. And and one last thing before I let you get going here, coach. And I do appreciate your time, but I can't think of the name Broderick without thinking of Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And with that said, thoughts on. Uh, Baldensville's J.J. Starling uh, committing to play for Coach Bray. Well, you know, um, it, uh, Coach Bray got a great one. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. He announced shortly before uh, Nazareth played at South Bend this year in an exhibition. Nazareth went out and played Notre Dame um, uh, October 29th, and so we got to spend a weekend in South Bend. Um you know, Nazareth basketball against Notre Dame basketball, and then and then the whole Naz group went to the Notre Dame North Carolina football game the next night. It was just a great, great experience for our family. Um, you know, for the Naz program, but it was shortly, right, shortly, I think, before that that JJ announced. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I'm a huge, huge Notre Dame football fan. We set our clocks. We're all together, my brothers and I, and and now all our kids on Saturdays um, to watch Notre Dame football, but but I'm I'm a I'm a Syracuse basketball fan, so I root for the Irish. But if they're playing the Orange, I'm I'm rooting for I'm I'm rooting for the Orange. But but uh, I guess if if uh, if um, JJ's there, they're going to be better. They're pretty good this year. They're going to be better. Um, but if he's lined up against the Cuse, I'm still I'm still rooting for the Cuse. Notre Dame football, Syracuse basketball. Amen, amen. That's what. It's how such a great kid. It's hard to you know we don't run a root against him, but team wise, we definitely gotta go with the hometown orange, which I thought had a really good leg in on that, honestly. And uh, 
But we'll see how it goes. Best of luck to him either way. And uh, I did catch that um, through the NAS uh, social media that they went out to South Bend. What a great experience for the kids. And like you said, especially for your family that's so big into the uh, Irish fighting Irish football. Um, what Just what a, what a great experience. How many D3 teams get to go play in a facility such as Notre Dame has and then catch a game in one of the most prolific stadiums in all of college sports. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin got to know one of the assistants. He went. He's been out to work Braves basketball camp a couple times, and they had talked about if they ever needed an exhibition. Naz would love to do it. And they were supposed to play during the COVID year, and and it got canceled, of course. Um, and uh, uh, so the opportunity arose this year, and and um, you know just just such a cool experience for those those kids at Naz and you know Notre Dame. You know, by all accounts, was just such a class act and treated them, treated them so, so well. And, and, um, we got to spend the, we, you know, we've been to South Bend a number of times, but, but not, uh, not under the same circumstances. So to be able to say, you know, on a Friday night, you know, we're in the convocation center for, uh, Nazareth Notre Dame basketball on Saturday, you know, we're, you know, a, a few hundred yards across campus, um, watching Notre Dame football, um, you know, it was a weekend like no other. And so uh, just, just one of those those experiences that, uh, you know, few get to uh, experience, and we're just so fortunate we did. Absolutely, and I love the fact of social media nowadays so we can follow along and check it out. Very, very, very neat and unique. Um, I do appreciate your time, Coach. Uh, I know it's getting late, and uh, I'm sure you – you got some game planning to do because, like any other coach, I know you're uh, you're always prepping for the week. Um, I do appreciate your time coming on here, the coach's corner here with me. Uh, again, this was Coach Broderick, the Fulton Varsity boys coach. Uh, I appreciate your time and look forward to uh, chatting with you again. We'll have to get you on here a couple more times. Maybe I won't take up as much as your time. Maybe we can do a little shorter ones for you here. No, you, 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 I was preparing a little bit for Tuesday. You got me away from film. I really enjoyed this, and any well, we appreciate, as I said early on, is is uh, you know any time um, you're shining a spotlight on our on our student athletes, that's well worth my time. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I've got some I've got some eight plus guys in my program. They do a heck of a lot better job than than I do on these things. So. So invite them on. You'll 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 hear what quality student athletes we have over here in Fulton. So anytime you say so, we'll be there. Sounds good. I appreciate you, Coach. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks, Will. Thanks. As always, thanks for joining us here on CNY Hoops Nation's podcast. I'm Coach Will, and this will do it for episode 22E6. That's the sixth episode of the 2021-2022 season. And as always, please follow us on social media. A big shout-out and thank you to Coach Sean Broderick of the Fulton Red Raiders um, for his segment and interview in the Coach's Corner uh, edition of the podcast uh, great content good stuff take a listen check it out uh, we're going to try to continue doing that every week and uh, we might split it up in a second episode but we'll see how that works out awesome and thanks for listening and we're gonna work on our players of the week for next time until then have a safe weekend and everyone be safe